Welcome back to Splinters of a Broken Sun, an actual play podcast featuring the Fate Core system. I'm Matt, your master of ceremonies, and we are with the other half of the equation, with the party being split. We've got Keekers and the Singing Chemist with us. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Hello again, I am Keekers, your uh, wonderful pilot today. You can enjoy our flight from point A to point B, and hopefully no crashes or dying. Um, I play Keva Jarma, the pilot, as I said, and um, you can find me on Twitter at BeASpaceCat, B-E-A-S-P-A-C-E, and... Um, cat. Yeah, cat, sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, thank you for having us and listening to us. And I'm Jason, the singing chemist, uh, You all, and I'm going to be playing Zonin, the uh, chap with the hats, or the chapo, um, the new portmanteau I've just uh, I've come up with. I hope you like it. Matt. It's pretty good, yeah. Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Singing Chemist, where I, I tried to make a joke a day in 2018, made like four jokes about cereal, and then stopped. They're good cereal jokes, though. Yeah, they're all right. <laughs> and, you know, you always have like just a, a running theme of cereal jokes. Yeah, and it's completely unintentional. It all started when uh, I made my first parody song, Let's Talk About Checks. <laughs> well, uh, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. You could always start making jokes about uh, Lucky Charms. Oh, that would be pretty great. I don't know if you know this. I used to be in a funk band uh, called Cinnamon Toast Funk, where our first uh, song was called Magically Delicious. Well, obviously I did not know that. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad to have illuminated that for you and everyone else. I'm just going to quickly Google Cinnamon Toast (laughs) Funk here. Yeah, we're on iTunes. I have no idea if I get any more money from that. But, uh, you know, I think the album's called Feels Feels Much Better. And that's uh, hilarious. Cinnamon Toast Funk on Spotify. Is that you? I, I guess so. I don't know. It was a few years ago. Cinnamon Toast Funk Funkin' Center drum cover. Oh yeah, Funkin Center. Yeah, that was um uh was sitting Funkin Center, and it feels much better. I guess that's where the album title came from. Well, uh, our viewers or sorry, viewers, our listeners will be sure to check that out. I guess so. I, I mean, I know exactly what I'm gonna do when we're done recording. <laughs> I've already got a bookmarked. Oh, Listen boy. to it critique like try to pick your voice out of the other voices if you sing or is this a, a pg podcast a pg-13 okay um yeah this is relatively appropriate you can find the song bumpin which is a song that is both about making love and also stumbling into the kitchen and bumping your toe in the middle of the night oh it's not that song from that disney movie Bump, bump, the house is bumping, the house is bumping. Oh, no, but that song is also about those two things. Absolutely. You know how Disney be. <laughs> and speaking of bees, the two of you are flying in a spaceship. Oh, boy, what a segue. <laughs> and speaking of segues, no, you don't have a segue. <laughs> Dang it, Arp. Yet. Oh. I mean, we could totally find some in Hub. There would definitely have been security guards with subways. Or, the not subways. It's already a subway. Segways. Yeah, maybe. Only one way to find out, but you'll have to get back there first. Uh, but right, 
right now you are flying back towards the oasis where you last left Emrin and uh, Emrin and Maeve. You left them behind uh, doing battle with the Evangelical Order, uh, which you just barely escaped as the auditors were arriving. Now, however, uh, you have gotten some control of this uh, space bus and are flying it back towards its previous stop where it had once crashed, this oasis. Uh, you're flying into a battle zone in the hopes of rescuing your friends. Seatbelts, everyone! Can you give me a, a quick one-day forecast? What's the sky looking like? Uh, right now, the sky looks dark, uh, but the sun is coming. And uh, as you approach the oasis, you can see that the sun is over there, and uh, you are approaching it. So as you get to the oasis, it will be sunny and hot. Which is both good and bad. Um, I guess I'm going to start out the, the first roll. Uh, Kevin's going to like try to stop the ship so that uh, Matt Damon can catch some rays. Okay, you want the ship to hover? Yeah, yeah. I, yep. Okay, let's see your rapport. Oh, boy. Can I assist you in this? You always can. I'm going to um, ha assist with my calming presence. What does that look like? Uh, I'm kind of puffing my chest out a little bit confidently, and it uh, you know, would soothe one who might be a little nervous. Are you still wearing your helmet? I am not at this point. Okay. Let's see if that's uh, sufficiently soothing for our friend, the pilot. Wait, do I roll rapport here? No. She rolls and she adds a plus one for your assistance. Oh, awesome. <laughs> no! I rolled for... Oh, gosh. Hold on. I have to re-impersonate or something. Or is that... Yeah. Let's get you to roll as your character. As opposed to as uh, an ethereal presence hovering over this over the game. Yeah, I'm getting flashbacks to your friend, not our Mike, a different Mike. <laughs> yeah, good old Mike. All right, uh, so you're going to make your role as as your character. There we go. It's a similar that a was, similar role. That's that not rapport though. I don't know what the heck I did today. We'll get there soon, I'm sure. I puff my chest out a little bit more. <laughs> okay, you're not having a lot of <laughs> luck heck? with this okay, skill. Okay, so for the viewers, I accidentally rolled um, not as Keva, and I got a zero. Then I rolled as Keva again with the wrong skill, and uh, I got a zero. And I finally was able to roll Rapport, and I got a zero again. That's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's statistically... Uh, statistically likely, though, because that's how the fate system works. It trends towards zero. Uh, but in this case, the ship sort of slows, but uh, does not stop, because it is still has that uh, need, that desire to continue until it gets to one of its designated stops. And even though you have taken the ship off schedule and off uh, course, it is now heading towards a stop, so it is too eager to get there to fully uh, come to a halt. But uh, if you do want to go and poke your glove or your helmet out there into the, you know, air that's roaring by, it would now be survivable for Zonin to do so. All right, I'll give that a shot. Pop the old helmet on and take a peek. All right, so uh, Zonin trots down to the big hole in the side of the ship that's got a tarp over it right now, and you just sort of uh, work your hand out there? or Yeah, I just kind of like slink my fingers out around the corner <laughs> in the hopes that it's enough. Okay. 
Um, once Zonin leaves, Keva starts to kind of like, this is the first time she's been alone in a long time, in a sense, and she's kind of starting to almost hyperventilate. Kind of a... <sighs> because this stress is really getting to her. You hear, meh. Uh, Keva, like, kind of reaches her hand over and, like, is, like, working her fingers into Jolly's head. Jolly rubs her head up against your hand, you know, almost like a cat might, uh, but obviously Jolly is a small goat, not a cat, and uh, leaps up onto the area next to your floating console. It almost seems as if Jolly is looking at the hovering uh, holographic display that is in front of you, but uh, Jolly appears to be giving you what comfort she can simply by her presence. Yeah, um... And Keva definitely appreciates that. I think her breathing kind of slows back to more of a normal um, pace. And she kind of like looks around trying to distract herself. And um, I'm wondering if there's like somewhere like uh, like a, what's the word? I don't know what the word is because I don't know what you're looking for. What are those little compartments like the next to the driver's seat? Glove compartment? Yes, thank you. One of those compartments, you know, they hold gloves. Um... <laughs> uh, there does appear to be, uh, as you are sort of thinking that you want to find some type of compartment, you see a slight glow in a, uh, a round-edged corner. Round-edged corner? Round-cornered <laughs> square. A round-cornered square. Uh, there's sort of a, a faint glow on the side of the console to which you are attached. Now, do I have to spend a fate point to make there be, like, aviator sunglasses in there or aviator goggles? Uh, I guess you have to open it up and see what's inside. Okay, so Keva does so. How does she do that? She sees there's a a faint, glowing, round-cornered square on the side of her console. Jolly, Keva's basically, like, trying to direct her mind somewhere else because um, she's about to go back into a war zone. Uh, she's trying to not think that Maeve and Emrin are dead. And um, a glowing thing just came up when she thought, I wonder if they ever kept anything in here. Like a storage cubby. And now she's like, Jolly, I wonder what's inside there. Maybe it's like a manual of how to make the ship do what you want it to do or something. And so she goes over there and kind of looks for a handle, like, to open it. There's no handle on the surface of it. Uh, uh, are you are you touching it, this area as you're looking for a handle? Now she is. <laughs> as soon as you touch it, it sort of makes a sighing sound, like a and opens outwards to the left side of the console. And you see there's a, a drawer there. She pulls on the drawer... Uh, the drawer, like, sorry, the drawer is open. Like, it, it opens itself all the way oh. once you touch it. It's like, um, you know, those, when you press one of those types of doors or containers where you press down and then it opens. It's like yes. that, but you didn't have to press down. You just touched it, and it slid out, uh, knowing that you wanted it to open. Cool. What is inside of the secret door? Uh, there's a lot of sand. Oh, miniature Zen garden. Yeah. The sand uh, shifts a little bit. Keva uh, has put her fingers through the sand like it's like a sensory thing for a second. 
Um, and then she kind of digs through it with her fingers, kind of partly sensory, uh, like paying attention to that. Uh, as you're doing that, you feel something poke into your palm and then retreat. Oh, crap. Where's Maeve when you need her? There's probably a bug or something. Um, Keva quickly, like, pulls, like, she pulls her hand out, like, quick enough that something, like, wouldn't be scared, like, like, slow enough that it wouldn't be scared, but then quick enough that she can, like, look at her hand to see if there's, like, a bite mark or something. Uh, your hand does not appear to have a bite mark, but as you move your hand away, you see what appears to be a potato emerging from the sand. A potato with a little pink nose on the end of it. Uh, what? <laughs> and that's what literally Keva says out loud, like, what? Uh, it's some type of small animal that has been nesting in this drawer full of sand. Oh! Do I have to, like, roll a lore to see if I know what animal this is? Yeah, I think so. Okay, this will probably go easier than the last one. Here's hoping. It looks up at you, and you notice that it doesn't have any visible eyes. Uh, but as you notice that, and you see its little pink two-fingered paws, you realize that this is a golden mole. Oh, a golden mole? That's one of the best moles, if not the very best mole. I would put it in my top one moles. So a little golden mole is sort of looking in your direction, but you can't see any eyes, and then it sort of disappears under the sand again. Jolly, look! It's a mole! It's a golden mole! Oh my gosh. Jolly sort of looks, and then she goes disdainfully, Nyeh. No, you don't have to be jealous. This is the ship's mole. Nyeh. The ship can have a pet if it wants. Nyeh. No, you're my only pet. Uh, Jolly looks slightly mollified, but continues to look pointedly at the drawer, as if expecting you to close it again. No, we're going to leave the drawer open so Zonin can see when he comes back with the... yeah. Zonin, your hand is sticking out of the side of this space bus. Awesome. How's it going? You, put your, you said you put your helmet on already, okay. Yeah, yeah. Helmet's back on. Just waiting for Matt Damon to pop up. Matt Damon's like, hey, boss, uh, thanks for the juice. No problem. How are you feeling? Oh, great. Uh, we do not appear to be surrounded by dangerous criminals, so that is much better than the last time I was here. Yeah, um, about that. Don't tell me. We may or may not be going back to the dangerous criminals. Going back to the dangerous criminals who were shooting at us with stolen auditor's gear. Yeah, so, um, that's a bit of a problem for us. I'm hoping you have some sort of uh, plan to help us take out those dirty, rotten criminals. Uh, my plan would be to report it to the church so that the proper authorities could go and take care of it. Okay, what if that wasn't an option? Did the church fall? The church is uh, busy at the moment, and I think that these criminals need to be taken out as soon as possible. There are a lot of good church-going members at risk here with these uh, auditor helmet thieves. Well, it's, this is, the theft of auditor gear has only happened twice before in recorded history. Um, I mean, I don't want to waste any time, but can you tell me more about this? Yeah, the first one was that person that you saw before. Then the second time was you. Cool. Uh, I'm glad I made it. I'm glad you're thinking of me. I'm glad I made it into your, your memory banks there. 
How could I forget? Anyway, we don't really have auditor-on-auditor combat protocols, because it... Why would we? That's a great point, but, you know, maybe it would take an auditor to know how to stop an auditor. So, if you were forced to to have combat with another auditor, what do you think would be the best way to, to go about that? Well, you gotta get the helmet off. Or... You gotta destroy the control panel, but, uh, we don't have the firepower to get through the armor to the control panel. Okay, so just gotta knock their helmets off. Yeah, I mean, you can try. It's not gonna be easy. Hmm. Have you considered Uh, running in the other direction? I mean, we just came from there, but we've we've gotta save our friends. It's really important to me and the church. Well, I can understand that. They did want to capture all of you very badly, so I can only assume that uh, maybe we can get you and, and your friends into custody properly, and then we can go and turn ourselves all into the church, and all this will be taken care of. You know, I, I can't wait. I know. You'll love re-education. Oh, that sounds terrifyingly pleasant. You said it, boss. Now, it's going to take us a bit of time to charge up again... But uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe we can find some way to hook into this ship. I'm so glad you suggested it. Um, How long do you need? Well, I don't think I can do it myself, but maybe if there's some kind of engine or engineering. I mean, this is, uh, this stuff is very new to me as well. But I do know that sometimes computers can talk to each other, and I'm a computer. Okay, so am I just looking for something I stick my finger into, or like how does... What am I? Well, I don't. I don't. I don't know what to do here. I can't help you with that. Uh, maybe if we get somewhere, we can find an appropriate entry point. But I don't know this technology. All right, that's not a problem. You know what? I've got your back because I know you've got mine. All right. Well, maybe we can leave the glove here and tie it down the gauntlet and let it charge, and we can go see if we can find something else. Okay, I'm going to uh, grab some nearby rope and uh, tie off the gauntlet onto and anchor it onto something inside the ship. Okay. The gauntlet sort of slips outside the ship and is now flapping along behind it like a tin can. Uh, I also fashioned a just married sign and put it on just outside the ship. <laughs> that is immediately shredded by the force of the wind. <laughs> Still worth it? <laughs> what are the implications there? <laughs> Oh, oh, my bad. <laughs> that was Tony, and I never thought you'd ask. Oh, my. My bad. Sorry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right. Um, I go with Matt Damon um, back to the uh, pilot area. Cockpit. That's what it's called. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe, you, maybe Zonin still thinks of it as just the pilot area. Yes. Wait. Wait, no, if it's a giant chicken, cockpit is amazingly apt. I know, it's almost like I thought this through. Alright, so <laughs> you walk back into the cockpit, and you see uh, that Keva is talking to Jolly, and they have a drawer of some kind open. Alright, I walk up to Keva, and I say, Keva, is there any... What's an engine? Do you know what an engine is, or an engineering? I don't know what the, what those things are. Do, does that make any sense to you? Doesn't engine would kevin know that an engine is what's making this run uh i think you learned that with emrin yeah so uh kevin like kind of 
turns around to face him since she I guess she has mostly free range of movement uh with this the hair cords <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's like that's what runs the ship but really quickly there's a golden mole in the drawer over here oh what haven't you ever heard of a golden mole they're the moles that live outside of towns and they burrow in the sand okay i am very excited about this um i would like to pick up the golden mole okay uh so to pick up the golden mole i mean you you look in there the drawer's not that big so you can see the sand moving around clearly this was a private place for the golden mole uh, that has now been exposed. Uh, it does not appear to be thrilled. It's trying to shift around and bury itself better in the sand. But as it does, uh, you can attempt to pick it up. Uh, but to do so, you're going to need to make a roll. Let's see what this would be. I feel like I feel like this might be burglary. It's like you're pickpocketing this drawer. Of its precious golden treasure. That's the one that makes the most sense to me. It's because you're trying to grab something quickly. It's like you're not doing a backflip or anything or trying to fight something. Yeah, what about empathy? How are, you, how are you going to use empathy on this? Well, like, you know, when you, when you approach an animal, you try and, like, be gentle with it and, like, kind of feel out its, its needs and emotional state. Okay. So, yeah, you can use empathy to try and figure out how this mole is feeling. In case anyone's like, no, why are they worrying about a mole right now? I'm sorry, but Kevin and Zonin, like, they're the animal people. They are trying to focus on the one good thing happening right now. I'm sure the audience remembers how they feel about animals. At least I hope so. Have they been doing their homework? Have they been studying the, the texts? <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, I rolled a zero for empathy. So looking at this animal, it's fairly clear that it is in distress, but uh, that's about all you can manage. If you want to try to sort of tempt it or calm it down, you would need to use your rapport on it. Okay, I will attempt to rapport it. Okay. I will rapport some love all over it. Here we go. Oh dear. One. I am just so certain that rapport is just the worst stat in this entire game. Well... It is pretty great in a lot of ways. Uh, so how, how is Zonin attempting to calm down this golden mole? Well, here, little tater tot. And like, you know, open hands and, and trying to like let it sniff, um, you know, to, to let it be calm. But Zonin is also remembering the last time he tried to approach an animal um, uh, that was new for the first time. And he was viciously attacked by those dogs. So he's a little nervous about it. Yeah, understandably. Uh, the golden mole sort of uh, seems to calm a bit at the tone of voice that you're using, but it still is keeping itself burrowed in the sand. You hear a chime that sort of permeates the bridge. Keva looks around to see what the ch- chime denotes. Uh, the chime is letting you know that you have five minutes until you get to your stop. Okay, I need to stop being distracted. And I... um. So, Kevin, you don't have any idea where the engine is? Well, it'd be somewhere. Obviously, it's inside the ship. What do you need an engine for? I don't know. I think Matt Damon can help us uh, help us out here. Uh, what does he need with an engine? Um, my helmet's still on, yeah? Uh, if you're keeping it on, yeah. I, I am. Uh, Matt, what, what, what were you wanting to do with that? Uh, 
What were you wanting to do with the engine again? I'm, I'm very, very confused. Unless it has something to do with hats. I don't really know. We need power. Oh, okay. Um, Keva, uh, he needs, uh, we need power in order to stop these auditors. And, and, and Matt Damon thinks we could use the engine to get that power. Hmm. You know what? I have an idea. Would um it mind if I connected to it? I'm not entirely sure. I don't know if Hub had convinced him of that. I'll uh, ask him gently, and I'll inquire with Matt Damon as how how he feels with other organic matter entering his uh, head holder. Uh, not thrilled. It's already really kind of pushing the limits to have one heretic in here. Um, well, I mean, I don't appreciate you questioning my faith, but, um, you know, you do you. I think it's pretty obvious at this point, but... <laughs> I mean, I beg to differ, but, you know, whatever. Look, I'm not, I'm not particularly comfortable with this situation. What's in it for me? Well, you can take your revenge on those auditors by maybe, if you had control of the ship, you could fly down and knock their helmets off, or more, with the ship's wings. The ship has wings? Well, I don't know. How else would it fly? It has to have wings, doesn't it? It does not have wings. I I don't understand how this thing moves. It's got two big engines that flip around. Oh. They look like drumsticks. I mean, you could... Oh, right, it looks like a chicken. Chickens have wings. I don't... Okay, it's fine. Um, uh, Yeah. It looks like a chicken that's already been roasted. Yes, so instead of the thrust coming out of the wings of the chicken, it's coming out of the drumsticks of the chicken. It's just flipped. Oh, could we... Matt Damon, can auditors be burned? Uh, that seems... No. Not with any heat that I have ever heard of. The whole point of auditors is fire, right? Yeah. Well, I know that Governor Young, when he was wearing an auditor suit, and the sun purged... Chasma, uh, the suit was fine, and that was the sun. Hmm. Okay. So that's a no-go. But do you think maybe you could fly this ship into the auditors and knock them, crush them? Can they be crushed? Anything can be crushed if you're heavy enough. Well, we might just be heavy enough. What if instead of trying to fly by, we just land on them? Uh, So if you're trying to, you're trying to convince Matt here, right? Yeah, yeah. He would have an opportunity to wreak his havoc on the heretics. Okay. Uh, so you can just do a straight up... Are you lying here, or are you just trying to, like, charm him? Um, I mean, I'm very much... Uh, yeah, I'd say I'm lying. Like, I'm not... Um, yeah, I'm lying. I'm just trying to get him to be comfortable with Kevin maybe taking a shot at this. All right, so let's deceive Matt Damon. Okay. Uh, press the button and four. Okay. And let's have Matt Damon attempt to defend against that with his empathy. Nope. So you succeed with style. Awesome. Finally, something good happened. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> uh, so Matt Damon is convinced with that. He's like, mm, yeah, I could land on them. That would be nice. I always wanted to land on something. And so Matt Damon is like, all right, well, uh, Take me off, and uh, we'll see if if, uh, if she can do something. Maybe she can hook me up somehow. Right. Sounds good. I'll do so. Oh, boy. Keva's now the USB hub. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Keva, are you attempting to 
connect with your hair into the helmet? Or are you just going to put on the helmet? What's your goal here? Well, she's going to try to connect to the helmet with the hair because she's kind of terrified of actually putting that helmet on completely. Yeah, understandably. Okay, so uh, you're going to need to use your will to try and direct your two hair things individually to keep one attached into the ship and try and attach the other one into the helmet. Okay, um, I'm really terrified of making this roll, but I will do so. I forget, you've got fate points and stuff. Yes, this will this will definitely, if this doesn't work out, definitely be a fate point situation. While this is going on, I find a stray piece of paper and fold it into a sailor's cap uh-huh. and put it on my head. It looks very dashing, considering it's made out of uh, a piece of paper with writing all over it. Perfect. That's really weird. I just tried to roll it, and it didn't roll. Oh. Do you want me to roll it for you, or...? No, it, it just rolled. I got okay, a one. Okay, you got it. Okay. So you're able to get your hair to disconnect from one half of the console, and it flickers slightly, the console, but then uh, resumes its uh, full holographic display in front of you, showing the, the route that you're following, and... Uh, a map of a world that doesn't exist anymore below you, and then the stop up ahead. It's about three minutes away now. And your hair sort of goes inside of the helmet, and you feel through it a sort of tingling. You would recognize it as a player as the feeling of if you get too close to something that's got an electrical charge. Oh boy, yeah. I've, yeah, that's not fun. But It's not very comfortable, but your hair inside the helmet appears to be doing something and then after a few seconds, you hear distantly, Hey, is this is, you, is this Keva? Yeah. It sounds like Matt Damon is on the other end of one of those string and cup things, uh, but you can hear his voice. Can Zonin hear his voice? Zonin's not wearing him, so no. Oh, okay. Well, this is... Hi, um, you're Matt Damon. I've heard of you. I should hope so. And Matt Damon starts to say something, uh, and then his voice stops, and the lights turn off in the ship, and the ship begins to fall. Okay. Um... Zonin, I want you to use your athletics to try and avoid slamming into the ceiling of the ship. Oh, I told okay. you to use your seatbelts. Athletics is... Okay, fair. And Keva, I want to see your physique to see how you... Uh, withstand the restraints suddenly clamping down on you. I rolled a two. I see that. Okay. So, Keva, you take uh, you take a strain as the straps bite into your shoulders and uh, chest. Zonin, you are able to grab onto the edge of the drawer and you see the uh, golden mole is starting to fly up into the air as well. Oh, can I reach and catch it to keep it safe slash store it away so we can get 19 more and put them in a trench coat? Hi, Sandor. Yes, you can. Uh, let's uh, see what you would need for that. I just ticked the one box for physical stress. Is that okay? Is yeah, that appropriate? That's fine. Awesome. Would this be athletics again? Uh, sure. Oh, you have to roll for Jolly, too, probably. Jolly is fine. Jolly is a goat. Oh, thank goodness. I Jolly is now Jolly is now standing on the bottom of the console, so even though gravity has basically inverted, Jolly is fine. She looks more concerned about you. Uh, so you reach out and you are able to catch the golden mole 
in your hand just as the ship turns on again and jarringly levels out and you sort of tumble to the ground but you're able to keep the golden mole uh, held up away from crashing to the ground uh, jolly I'm, sort of I'm holding it above my head yeah jolly you sort of that? does a flip and lands on the ground what do we hear dee, 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 dee. <laughs> oh gosh oh gosh does does that mean that the goat uh, bleh, not goat sorry does that mean that the golden mole is going to have like a zelda-esque name because i would love that well that's up to you all so the ship uh is leveled out and sort of starts climbing again the lights are flashing red and then back to the regular color and then red and back to the regular color and then the regular color uh comes on steadily what was that Kevin kind of asks both Matt Damon and the ship. Uh, there is no reply from either, but you do sort of get a reply from both. Oh no. What does the two of them say? Uh, the ship slash Matt Damon, whatever this new thing is, uh, is saying, Oh my goodness. Uh, this is different. Hello? Hmm. Hello, Keva. Are you Matt, or are you the chicken? I am, yes. You're both? Yes. I am Keva, and yes. Matt Damon, and Chip. Oh, I'm in there too. Yes, I am also you. And that sound happens. You? There's a portmanteau that name there, and I'm, I'm working hard. Um, do you like goats? Yes, I love goats. Am I a heretic? Oh, definitely. Should I... Hmm. Let's go land on some auditors. The ship speeds up. You do know that we have to save Emrin and Maeve, right? I love Emrin and Maeve. Well, that's true. The ship is going very quickly, and it does a barrel roll, which, oddly enough, you don't feel. But you see in your display and in the front display out the window that the ship has flipped around and done a barrel roll. An actual barrel roll or the barrel roll that they talk about in um the fox dutch series you can, you can... i don't play that series <laughs> <laughs> uh you can feel that as the ship is turning you can sort of feel as if you have some extra limbs that are moving you can sort of feel the ship and oh. as it's as if it were the echo of a second body that is surrounding yours. Oh no. And you can feel oh, no. the you can feel the engines, one flips down, one flips up, and that's what causes the ship to do a spin. And then they straighten out again and are sending you forward and a little bit down. Ship, um, you know that we can't hurt Emrin and, and Maeve, right? We can't hurt Emrin and Maeve because we love Emrin and Maeve. But we also have to arrest them. They need to be re educated. Okay. Hmm. Zone in, um, we just had a major thing happen. She's reporting this to him because he can't hear what's going on. Yeah, what, what's going on? Uh, the ship is now Matt and the ship and me. Okay, can can Matt hear me? Can you hear Zonin? I can hear Zonin, but I can't speak to him right now. It can hear you. Oh, wait, hold on just a moment. And then you hear this voice is now coming out of the walls of the bridge. Oh, that's better. Matt, buddy, welcome back. I am also Matt. Yes? I figured out something fun. Oh, what's that? 
I'm going to show you. Uh, no, sh- tell us. <laughs> the ship accelerates a little bit more, and you can see the oasis ahead of you now. There are a few flashes of light uh, you can see on the ground. You can't hear anything yet, but you can see that there is a way to the north, which is to your left right now, more of an army coming. And down below, it seems like it's still the last vestiges of whatever battle was happening when you left. And the ship flies in, and the force field springs up around it. And as it does, parts of the force field extend into the shape of hands. Oh. Oh, man, Matt Damon's really good at his rapport rules. And the ship says, Check this out! And you are flying, like, just above the ground. You feel, you can feel the ship flying. You can feel the sun on your back and on your skin, even though it's not on your back or on your skin. And you can feel these arms that are not your arms, and these engines that are not your legs, but feel like them. And there's two auditors out there, and they are firing over the ridge at somebody. There's one scout still shooting arrows, and someone from the infantry who's shielding the scout from arrows that are returning their direction. Just a few, though. And the ship flies over, and one of the giant glowing fists slams into an auditor. Yes. And the fist sends the auditor flying, and the last you see of it is it disappearing up into the sky, and a little twinkle as it disappears completely from view. Team Gov is blasting off again! Bling! Wasn't that cool? That was so cool. Yeah. All right. Now I'm just going to... And the voice stops, and the ship turns off again. And the ship is now skidding along the sand on the ground as if it were surfing. And Keva, you can still feel that, and it's not pleasant. Oh, I'm guessing it's like rug burn. It's like real bad rug burn. As you are doing this, you also feel a sharp pain in your hair strand. And the helmet falls off, leaving a smoking stub behind it. So the hair is still there up to the point where it entered the helmet, but now there's a blackened end to it, and that hurts. Um, I grab the helmet. Okay. And I'll put it on. Okay. The helmet, when you put it on, at first it is completely dark, and you are starting to now feel the effects of the ship skidding along the ground, because whatever was preventing you from feeling what the ship is doing at least in terms of the gravity of the situation, as it were, is not on right now. So you are bumping around and sort of getting thrown left and right like an episode of Star Trek, where the actors are moving back and forth in their chairs as if the bridge were shaking. (laughs) Awesome. The golden mole is terrified in whatever hand you're holding it in. Okay. Zonin, get one of the restraints on right now. Okay, I'll pop a, a restraint on. Okay, let's use your uh, let's use your physique to do that, because you're fighting against this uh, jarring effect. Um, can Keva try to like, what's the technological way of shaking someone? I don't know. You could try smacking the console, or you could try forcing your will onto it again. Uh, Zoning, you are able to get the restraints on, and they strap you into one of the seats. So now it's slightly easier to stay up. You're in the console just left of. Uh, of where Keva is at the front of the ship. Okay. Um, so you say the helmet did turn back on eventually? It's not on just yet. Keva, your will, with your will, you're able to sort of force your hair deeper into the ship's systems, and the ship turns back on, 
as you do that, you look over and you see that the blackened end of your hair bursts as more of that silver hair grows through, replacing that which was damaged and lost. Oh, good. Zonin, your helmet turns back on, and Matt Damon is just cursing up a storm. He's furious. Matt Damon, what's going on, buddy? What happened? I did not like that. Okay, why not? I am an independent AI. I will not be slaved to other systems. Oh, are you being bullied? You saw what happened. Well, I mean, I saw the result, but I... Matt, you know I have no idea what's going on, right? Well, we're not doing that again. Okay, boss, whatever you say. But you did do a great job. One of those auditors was taken out. One of those those heretical auditor thieves. Yeah, about that. While I was in there, I had access to this ship's sensors. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're aware of what an IFF signal is. Um, uh, important friend feelings? You got one of the words, right? Um, integral fun No, no, you lost it. It's identify Um, friend or foe. Oh, yeah, I don't know what that is. It lets you know if somebody is a friend or a foe. I I think it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I mean... I, like, I didn't know what that was when you said... Okay, can, just continue. Those auditors have got the right signals, Zonin. Yeah, that's what they want you to think, Matt Damon. You know, open your eyes. You know, you're, don't believe everything you're told. You're going to have to... Unless I tell you the thing. You're going to have to deceive again. All right, that's a five. A hearty deception. Open your eyes, man. Can't you see that's what they want you to think? And Matt Damon's only rolled a two, and he sort of pauses in his tirade and says, Hmm, I guess if they had a mole on the inside, it does make sense that they'd want to keep the correct signals. This conspiracy goes pretty deep, Sonan. Yeah, and then we're going to fight fire with fire, because I've got a mole of our own. It's a very nice mole, but I don't think... Oh, it's a metaphor. Okay. No, it was very literal. I've got a mole right here. Yes, Matt Damon is not good at figurative language, even though he thinks he is. Uh, The ship sort of reflexively lifts up off the ground and is flying just above the sand again. Keva, you are nominally... You're not back in control of the ship, but the ship is back in control of itself. And so it is heading up and trying to come around. As you do, I'm going to need to get some rapport from you. Okay, so am I still feeling with the ship or not? You are not right now. Can, before she rapports, like I want to support her the best I can, but I'm wondering if Matt Damon has discerned anything about the ship that might be important to Keva. Okay. And I don't know how to word that to Matt Damon. Hmm. So you're probably asking Matt Damon, like, is there any way that we can get control of this ship or something like that? Yeah, like, how, how how can we best control that entity that tried to bully you, my dear, vulnerable friend? Yeah, we gotta get back at that thing. Show it who's boss. Yeah, yeah, what's its weakness? Well, let me think. Okay, so Matt Damon thinks back using uh, his lore and comes up with some pretty decent stuff. And he says, a ship is a real softie. It, it really just wants to help people. So, uh, you know... People who are like that, it's pretty easy to take advantage of them. You can trick them real easy. Okay. Um, uh, okay. 
Keva, the ship wants to help. So tell it how to help. Trick it if you have to. Tell it um, that the, the auditors want to hurt the ship and hurt the good people. You see a blast from an auditor's gauntlet steer through the sky just to port. So that much at least seems obvious. So it's a plus one again? Or? Uh, you've, sorry, Matt Damon created an advantage uh, on this system right now. And the advantage that Matt Damon created is, uh, you know, known weakness. So you can invoke that uh, for free on your roll. Yes! <laughs> I shall. Either for a plus two or a re-roll, depending on what you need. And of course, you can always stack that with your own uh, invokes. Can I also support? Uh, yes, you can help. How are you doing it? Um, uh, a word of encouragement. What's the word? Get him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if that's sufficiently inspiring for Keva. Okay. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. That's <laughs> another damn zero. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I would suggest that you invoke that uh, free invoke and then maybe invoke with a fate point some of your own stuff because if you can get up to a four you'll be able to do what you need to do so i will invoke uh with the fate point and the invoke uh for him and then with my own like um let me look at the exact wait look at the formula i think that there's something wrong with the formula because that should be a four not a zero 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 where's the plus so zero zero plus that's one and then there's minus Plus three plus one. That's weird. That that is indeed weird. There's an extra plus in the formula. Hmm. Wouldn't plus plus might... still come out to a plus though? I'm not a computer. <laughs> Ask me. Hey, look at the other ones. Yeah, there's an extra plus there for some reason. Oh, did you put plus one into the? Yeah. Oh, that's why. Oh. I... Yeah, you, oh, just, no. you just put the number that you want to have add. I be... Have I been inadvertently? <laughs> Quite possibly. Your first rapport would have been a one. Yeah. All right. So uh, your total rapport there is actually four. Oh, no. What have I been doing? Well, we got to the bottom of why the ship's been such a dink. (laughs) Technical difficulties, which is appropriate because it's an unknown technology. Anyway, uh, so you are able to, with this... The uh, newly regrown left side of your hair connects back into the console and the ship, you feel that questioning again. And this time, knowing that it wants to help, you are able to sort of make yourself vulnerable in a way so that the ship knows it has to take care of you. You make yourself vulnerable to the ship and the ship responds to that in a way that it didn't before when you were attempting to sort of command and coax the ship. By adding extra pluses. Yes. <laughs> yes. No. <laughs> so we'll say that gets you a six, which allows you to succeed with style on what you need here. Awesome. And once you do that, once you let the ship in, the ship sort of um, wraps itself around you in a way. And you feel the ship become you again, as you did before. Oh, it's like a warm hug. It does actually feel nice. Uh, But you can feel like now the ship feels like your body. 
So is it like Keva just put on like a VR headset, in a sense? Sort of like that. Like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen Macross Plus. I have, which doesn't help, but... Yeah, well, in that, um, the YF-21, piloted by Goldgoa Bowman, is uh, controlled by a brain connection into the ship. And when he connects into that system, he becomes the ship. So you see, like, a shot. And we see this shot with Keva where, like, you are in your mind sending signals that you would normally send to flex your feet and you feel the engines move and you are sort of in your mind sending signals that you would to blink or look around and you can see through the sensors of the ship and uh, like it's as if as you would control your body is now how you control the ship but not everything maps perfectly of course like you don't have any arms when you try to move your arms the ship doesn't have anything corresponding to that Hmm. So is it possible to look around with the sensors for Emrin and Maeve? Absolutely. Or or anyone that Keva recognizes. Yeah. Uh, so you now basically have, while you're connected with the ship, you have uh, two free invokes on the uh, the uh, the aspect, the situation aspect here called the ship. So you can use that for anything ship related. And that aspect is now permanent whenever you're connected into this ship. But you have two free invokes, and otherwise you'll have to spend a fate point to use it. Okay. Um, and thankfully I haven't used any yet because of my own stupidity, but you know. <laughs> Alright, so uh, this will be a notice. Okay. Okay. Uh, so as you're looking around with the sensors, you can see uh, there's the auditor who's shooting at you. There's the Evangelical Order infantry who's sort of still standing firm in front of the scout. The scout is also shooting at you. As you sort of swoop by above and uh, bank over the oasis, you look down and you see Bell Camp and Anarchy and a sort of slouched form surrounded by a pool of darkened wet sand that you think might be Karis. Oh. That's all you see down there. What about the dog? No dog? You don't see anything else other than those six people. Dang it. And the army approaching from the north. There is also another army, which you won't notice unless you get a better roll than that. Forget I okay. said anything. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do I have to use that invoke to try to do the hand thing again? Trying to do the hand thing is going to be a will roll, and it's going to be a difficult one. Uh, but you can make your will roll, and if you need to, you can use that invoke. Would it be possible to, like, pull them into the ship with that or not? Like, can you... I get a read from the ship about that? Um, okay. So that would be, um, that would be a lore. And you okay. would need to use, you would have to use, invoke the ship on that lore roll, basically. Because it's not lore that you know, it's lore that the ship knows. Okay, well then, um, so... Yeah, just roll your lore and we'll see where that takes us. Okay. Um, you'll probably want to invoke that ship aspect. Okay. Um, so invoking that adds a plus two? Yeah. Okay, so just, I'll invoke that. Now I have a three. 
Okay, so you're uh, attempting to communicate this with the ship, and it's difficult for you to do because there's sort of like user manuals popping up. It's a similar experience to what Zonin was having when he first put on Matt Damon, except that you're not wearing a helmet. You're just seeing these sort of bits of information floating in the sky. And now that you are so hooked into the ship, even though it's written in a language you don't fully understand, you could sort of get the gist of it. And the ship is, again, helping you because you have, you have made it clear to the ship that you need this help. And you are able to understand with that assistance that the force field should not be touched by living things that want to stay living. Oh, okay. Um, huh. Hmm. You sort of see like there's a, a warning sign when it shows you the documentation on the force field. And it's got like a hand, uh, like a hand in a triangle and the hand is turning into a skeleton where the uh, force field is touching it. Oh, Aha! Uh-huh. Hmm. Does this tell me what the force field like? Is it a shock or? That's unclear. Okay. Zonin, you get a notification in the corner of your helmet that tells you that your gauntlet now has five charges. Okay. Does it indicate like how many it can hold? Uh, it looks to be about twenty um, percent full with that. Oh, there's no time like the present. I go retrieve my gauntlet. Okay. You have that on a tether, so it's not difficult to do. And now that Keva is the ship, uh, the ship you no longer feel the movements of the ship while you're in it. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a blast at that scout then. Okay. Uh, So you attempt to attack the scout. Use your shoot. Pew, pew, pew. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. And, oh, now I have to remember what this scout has. Does it look like the the, uh, gun arm blast like the vanilla gun arm blast that Mega Man has? Um, I don't know. What does it look like, Zona? Um... The, uh, the only thing I know is that the energy that comes out of it is orange. Yeah, it's like an orange version of, like, Mega Man X's Charged Up Buster, but, like, the medium size. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, so the scout looks up just in time to see this uh, Buster Blast slam into them. And they uh, no longer exist. Okay. You I'm see less, a, a less smoking. Uncomfortable than I used to be. You, you see a sort of a smoking crater where that scout was, and the infantryman who was the infantry person who's standing in front of them sort of turns around, and uh, you can see their mouth sort of opening in a scream. And the auditor uh, renews their efforts to shoot at your ship, which I'm going to have them do now. You know, maybe the better like. A sound effect or whatever should have been exterminate. <laughs> okay. Oh no. Keva. Oh. Roll your athletics. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so the auditor fires on the ship and it is uh, heading for a direct impact with your uh, sort of the belly of the ship there. Uh, do you want to attempt to defray that five point gap in any way with your fate points or your invokes yeah i mean this is weird though because uh is this count as a physical no this wouldn't count as a physical blow never mind that wouldn't even make any sense <laughs> yeah of course my fist my the armor on my physical body can <laughs> blow <a> ship <laughs> days. No, um i'm gonna invoke my fate point using hidden arsenal because uh I guess that a force field that people don't know exists counts as a hidden hidden arsenal, if you know what I mean. 
You can also invoke, you've still got one free invoke on ship. Yeah, I know, but I want to save the free invoke on ship to okay. save my friend people. All right, so you spend that to invoke the hidden arsenal, and the force field sort of flickers into being, and uh, I guess, are you going to re-roll or use the plus two on that? <laughs> I'm just going to use plus two because I'm totally terrified that I'm going to get another zero. Okay. It's, yeah. The ship take the ship's force field takes a three point hit, a three shift hit, and I will note that. Oh, that doesn't reflect on me. You take three mental strain. Okay. Okay. Uh, the infantry person uh, is still screaming, does not seem to be able to do anything. And uh, you see down below you, uh, Belcamp looks up and sees the ship. And he looks like he's cheering. Uh, you, you can't hear from up here. Anarchy sort of looks up, and you see she looks in rough shape as well. But she appears heartened by your appearance. Uh, and the shape that is probably Karis, but has been pretty thoroughly mangled, you can't tell if they're moving or not. Okay. Uh, well, Keva's going to try to like land the ship, but in a way that it's next to the to our allies with the force field not hitting them, but maybe landing on one of the people we don't like? Do you want to try and land on the auditor? Yes. Okay. Try and, like, let it, like, Wicked Witch it, so maybe I could get the boots. <laughs> yes! Yes! Okay. Um, make a fight roll. Yes, that's better than athletics. Okay. Um, so you bring the ship down, uh, but the auditor sort of activates uh, its boots, and they are able to scoot back north away from the landing ship and avoid being crushed. Uh, your ship lands awkwardly, but is not quite able to... Like, it doesn't fall over anything. It lands awkwardly, and it's sort of jarring to those of you inside. <sighs> uh, where's the mole, by the way, Zonin? Um, in my non-gauntlet hand. maybe like. Actually scurrying into my sleeve. Okay. It is now inside your sleeve, and you can feel it sort of snuffling around, trying to find somewhere to hide. Oh, Faror, you adorable little scamp. Yeah! Yeah! Okay, Zona, what do you want to do? You can now look out the tarp in the side of the ship and see the auditor preparing to launch a new assault on you. Um, I'm going to quickly ask Matt Damon if auditors can kill auditors. I can't remember. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Well, there's only one way to find out. Pew, pew, pew. You could try to... Oh, all right. Wait, sorry. I just said pew, pew, pew out loud. I didn't I didn't shoot yet. What were you saying, Matt Damon? You could try to overcharge the gauntlet. You've got four charges remaining. Maybe you can use them all at once. It might overload the system, but it might do the trick. All right, but you'll stay safe, you think? I don't know. Well, buddy, it's been real. Okay, roll your shoot. Pew, pew, pew. And to this, uh, you can add a free invoke on the uh, Matt Damon aspect. All right, I will do so for a plus two. Okay, and the auditor will attempt to evade, but does not. Yes! You get those boots, boys! <laughs> okay, uh, so your blast slams into the auditor's chest. It's like an overcharge. This is like your Mega Buster shot. Awesome. It's a, a large orange blaze that sort of uh, singes the tarp as you are sticking your hand out through it. And you can feel uh, your arm sort of 
burning, like the hairs on your arm are curling up from the heat, and you can smell burning hair. Uh, and the blast... The, um, my non-mole arm, right? Just on the arm that's that's holding, that is inside the gauntlet. Uh, the blast streaks out and slams into the auditor uh, and sends it sort of flying backwards a bit. It clearly was not expecting this level of force. Uh, it's going to take a minute for the auditor to recover from that. I hope you, like, knocked its socks off, like its boots off. <laughs> you succeeded with style, so I'm, uh, I'm going to put the boost uh, off kilter on it. Yes. Um, can Keva, like, huh. Is it possible for Keva to, like, speak over the ship's speakers or whatever? and Try it. Try to call, like, hey, get on the ship! Uh, as you say that, you can hear from outside your voice amplified many times, shouting, uh, like booming that through the loudspeakers on the ship. And uh, Bellcamp is sort of shouting something back to you, but the sound of the ship sort of... Sorry, did you land completely? Yes. Okay, so there's no sounds of the engine to drown him out. And you can hear through the outside of the ship, Bellcamp shouting, We can't! We've got to defend the tunnel! What's important in the tunnel everyone shit okay get the injured on the ship Belcamp sort of looks around at himself and anarchy and Karis and is like uh that's all of us I can't really he gestures down and you notice that his leg is at a very unnatural angle oh where are Emran and Maeve and and Mandakai they they left. They flew off. What? Yeah, they went west. They went where you came from. They're not with you? No. Uh, you see the infantry person suddenly uh, gets themselves under control and charges towards the ship, uh, fl- like sort of raising their sword, uh, charging you. Okay. It's time to deal with someone. If I could crack my knuckles, I would. Imagine that I am have my fingers interlaced and I'm stretching them out. That way people do when they're getting ready to fight someone, you know, cracking my neck or something. The force field pulses and starts to expand. Yes! Yes! It's getting dangerously close to the people you're here to protect. Uh, is it possible to, like, only put out a hand of it to swat the infantry person away? Uh, I don't know. How's your will? Okay, let's try it. That's pretty good. Uh, if you invoke, if you use your free invoke, I'll let you do that. Okay, this is this is important. Okay, so you get your free invoke, and the uh, it doesn't become like a clear fist like it did when it was connected through Matt Damon, but it's like a blob tentacly thing, sort of goes like boom, and bumps into the infantry person who's charging, and they disintegrate. Oh. When we get home, Keva's gonna, like, paint, like, a skull on the side of the ship for her first kill, I guess. And you can you can hear, as the force field touches the infantry person, you can hear their screaming. Um, they seem angry and upset about something. Can't imagine what. But you can also hear that oh. scream... Uh, spiral upwards into inhuman registers as they, when I say disintegrate, I mean they turn into 
like first, and you can see this and, and feel this uh, intimately, they turn into a human-shaped cloud of dust and then blow away from where they impacted the force field. Keva kind of, given that grisly sight, kind of her, she kind of screws her eyes shut really tight and kind of like lowers down as much as these restraints she wear is wearing will let her. Kind of like a, in a defeated, like a, a pose and kind of just like, <sighs> like a painful gasp. Jolly is, um, sort of cuddling up next to your leg, uh, making sounds of concern as the auditor regains their feet and starts pointing both hands at the ship. Uh-oh. You got anything you want to do, Zonin? I'm thinking, wait, what's Matt Damon's state? Matt Damon is powered down. Your helmet is just blackness. You're just wearing a bucket on your head. You don't know what's happened to them. <laughs> I'm feeling really gutsy right now, and I'm I'm considering doing something very risky. I think you should do it. You've got a thirst for firsts. In I fact, do, so I want to be the first person to rush an auditor and rip its helmet off. I am absolutely going to compel you to do that. Oh. I am 100% doing it. Okay. Oh. It's off kilter, and I see it, uh, you know, after it was knocked away, I'm going to do exactly what Matt Damon said. i got to get that helmet off, so I'm going to run, maybe try and uh, jump do a jump thing, grab it by the eyelids, and rip it off. Okay. Uh, do we want to do fight or burglary for this? Uh, let me check. Uh, same. They're, they're both mediocre. <laughs> okay. Uh, so fight will be you trying to, like, punch the helmet off, I assume, with your auditor gauntlet. Whereas burglary will be basically you trying to do a sweet flip over its head and pull the twist the helmet off like a like the twisty cap of a plastic pop bottle. I'm sure there's a better yeah, metaphor for that, but I'm not. I can't weave that into an athletics. I can't support, uh, like, um, talk you into letting that be a thing. You could use the athletics to create an advantage of you being in the air. Okay, let's let's go for that. I'm going to okay. attempt that. All right. Let's try and create an advantage of aerial assault with your athletics. How's that? Let's find out. The auditor is obviously going to try and stop you from doing this. As they can see you charging out and leaping at them. And the, in the auditor's mind, uh, you must have something that you're doing with this. Because otherwise, why, why would you do this? So they're using athletics to try and also do a jump. This is like the beginning of a basketball game where everybody's jumping at each other. Uh, <laughs> when was the last time you watched basketball? Uh, yesterday. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so you're both going, you know... For the for the ball, mm -hmm. the imaginary ball of being higher than the other one, but you are able to uh, zone in as the auditor is trying to stop you by grabbing you and sort of jumping towards you. You land a foot on the auditor's outstretched hand and use that to jump up even higher. And you now have the advantage. Uh, you have the aspect aerial assault. All right. Well, I'm going to have to invoke that on my fight. Okay, and there's also off-kilter that you can use for free. Uh, okay, I can use more than one, correct? Yeah, you can use off-kilter, you can use aerial advantage, you can spend your fate points, you can stack these up as high as you want. Okay, well, I got a negative two on my fight, so I want to invoke off-kilter. Okay, I'll bring you to a zero. I'm going to invoke aerial assault for a fate point. 
It's got you up to no, that's free. That's oh, it's up to two. Both of those are two. free invoke, so you're up to two now for free. Well, thirst for first, I'm gonna be invoking that. That'll well, cost a fate point. Let's let's see the auditor's defense first. Oh, okay. Oh, um. Zone in, zone in, zone in, zone in. Okay, so you need to get over a five, which is what the auditor rolled on their fight roll. You are currently at a two. Okay, and if I thirst for first, that's up to four. Okay, this is the first time anyone has ever done anything this stupid, yes? Yeah, I would agree. Hold on, I want to go to see what else um, there's an opportunity for. Well, I mean, I would also be compelled to be doing this as it would be protecting Keva, and our bond is uh, thicker than water, or like our blood bond. Okay. As you are twisting through the air, you remember that you have this obligation uh, to these people who essentially rescued you from the destruction of that city. Even though they kind of dragged you into this nonsense, uh, you do kind of have this obligation to them, and you kind of like them now. And you would be dead if it weren't for Keva's blood many times over, so... Thinking of that and twisting through the air as the auditor is still just sort of staring in disbelief, that single pulsing sun following your movements up the side and over to the top of its helmet as your hands clamp onto it and you twist and your hands grip and twist and your auditor's gauntlet gives you just the edge you need to bring this helmet right off. It comes off with a, uh, like a cork. That's the one coming out of a bottle of wine and you have an auditor's helmet in your hand. And the armor kind of slumps. Awesome! Inside, you see a person. Right now, you just see the back of their head. Their hair is, uh, as is the the way for auditors, they have no hair. But you can see that the back of their head is like a sort of a a rich color of oak. Okay. And they're trapped inside that armor. They cannot get out without the helmet. So it's it's not like the uh, armor that the Spartans wear in Halo, where, like, if you, uh, like, turn it off or something, they immediately get crushed and die? It's not like that? No. Dang it. It just becomes a extremely heavy metal suit. All right. Okay, and the Auditor gets a, gets a turn, even though they are pinned. Let's see. That's what I want. Now they are as us, like us, as Mere mortals. Oh, no. That was a seven. You hear, all according to Gov's plan, my balance is repaid. And you hear a beeping start to come from the armor. Slow at first, but getting faster and faster. Uh, okay. Um, I yell to Belcamp Anarchy um, and what appeared to be Karis to get on the ship. And Belcamp shouts back, We have to defend the tunnel! There's an auditor out there! Matt Damon's not online yet? No. Too bad there isn't, like, a self-destruct in... Yeah, is there any um, way to intuit how much time we have? Uh, it's hard to say, but the beeps start off, like, a couple seconds apart, and they just repeatedly start getting faster, and you, you sort of get the impression that once it becomes a solid tone, that's it. Can Keva hear me if I yell? Yeah, Keva's a spaceship, so she can hear you. You're right next to her, basically. Oh, Keva, toss this thing. It's going to blow. The helmet or the... (laughs) The the auditor, the body. Okay, so uh, I'm going to toss him. (laughs) 
Okay, give me your physique or, or roll. Or them, them. Oh, sorry. Toss, toss them toward the army. You you see that this auditor is uh, you looking out. You can see that it uh, she is a woman. Okay, she Keva is going to toss her towards the army, and that's Will. That is physique. You're already the oh, ship. Oh, yay! Actually, boo. That's one step lower. Okay. Uh, the auditor currently can't defend, but hmm. Just a moment. If you want me to invoke an aspect, I have the very perfectest aspect to invoke. Yeah, I think you should invoke an aspect on this. Um, for plus two, uh, will that work? If you do your plus two, the result will be much more interesting. Yes. I'm going to invoke my good old, if you hurt my friend, I'll hurt you. That seems fair. Auditor, yeah, this auditor has definitely hurt my friends. Okay. The force field lances out and impacts the auditor's chest, and you see the armor blackens, but doesn't crack open or explode. But the force of the blow, especially with your sort of vengeful anger behind it, lifts the auditor up off the ground and sends it flying into the sky, much like when the Matt Damon U-ship hybrid hit the first one. The auditor flies up into the sky directly towards the sun. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh. And you see... We're both saying that simultaneously. <laughs> you can... Yeah, it's just, it cuts back and forth. It's got one of those split-screen reaction shots. And it's got... It splits into three more screens, five screens in total, to show Bell Camp and Anarchy and Karis's faces as well. Though Karis is mostly just looking, like, out. And they're like, <gasps> and you see something very odd as this auditor slams into, Keva, you can see this, Zonin, you just see a speck. Uh, Keva, you can see this because you have the ship's sensors augmenting your vision. Awesome. You see the auditor, it's very tiny, but you can just make out in this grainy image, the auditor slamming into the side of the sun. Oh, oh wow, yeah. And then the auditor explodes. Their self-destruct goes off. And there is a sound similar to what you heard when the first splinter fell four years ago. Or when you saw the splinter fall four years ago. But a hundred times louder. Zonin, you are immediately knocked flat by a shockwave. Okay. Uh, Belcamp and Anarchy are sort of thrown backwards into the pool as well. Karis's body uh, goes and sort of... Uh, drifts into the water. The ship rocks onto its side. And, uh, Keva, I need another physique from you. Okay. <laughs> okay, the ship rocks onto its side, but you were able to sort of quickly activate the engines uh, for a short burst and force it back onto the ground despite this wind. Uh, Zonin, you are being bounced across the ground uh, towards the force field of the ship. Uh, you take two stress from being dragged across the sand or pushed across the sand by the, the force of this impact and the sound of it ringing through your ears. And then it stops and you can see several pieces flying away from the sun on ballistic arcs in five different directions. After that, the sun turns off. It flickers once. You hear 
a grinding noise, like when the sun's about to start moving again. It flickers twice, and you hear a buzzing as if of a thousand bees. It flickers one more time, and then it shuts off. Light is gone. Uh, did I just kill the sun? Unplug it and plug it back in. Oh my, oh my, Kevin just, like, is freaking out, like, uh, did I, uh, uh, um, and she literally audibly says, did I just kill Gov? You certainly broke their heart. Oh my, um, can I see? Uh, what do you want to see? I'm just kind of looking around, inspecting, like, seeing, can I see the lack of light now? Yes, the ship's lights turned on when the sun turned off. Oh, okay. Um, I think everyone should get into the ship now. Bellcamp sort of is, like, just still staring up at the the broken sun. And Anarchy is also, likewise, like, pulling herself out of the pool. Uh, she goes to sort of help Bellcamp to his feet because he's, you know, broke one of his legs. And uh, sort of together, they start dragging Karis out of the pool That's uh, the water is turning a bit of a pinkish color. Zonin, you finally stop bouncing. Uh, did you turn off the force field, or are you still in shock, Keva? When uh, she saw the move, she would turn off the force field. Okay. Even, like, probably subconsciously, the ship would know to do that. Um, yeah. So, Zonin, you sort of come to rest against the side of the ship uh, near where you came out with a bit of a bump. And, yeah, you you all see this bizarre sight. The sun is just hanging in the sky, dark. Well, I, I'll move over to Belcamp Anarchy and Karis to see how they're doing. Uh, Karis is alive, barely. They are sort of uh, breathing with... It's very labored breathing, and you can hear uh, gurgling uh, and sort of rasping with each breath. Anarchy seems fine, just a little bruised and battered. Uh, Bellcamp has a broken leg, and he looks like he's sustained some burns, potentially from near misses by auditor attacks. This means no more auditors. Uh, I hope so, Bellcamp says. Uh, we... I guess Keva's voice is kind of echoing out. We sh- We gotta go check on the tunnels. I... You can stay here if you want, but I gotta... Yeah, Algar's down there. Can someone else do it that can walk? Algar's down there. And Anarchy, you can't walk. Anarchy kind of rolls her eyes and is like, come on, Belcamp. And she puts his arm over her shoulders and is helping him. And she sort of looks at Zona and she's like, can you... He's like gesturing at Karis. Absolutely. And I rush over to Karis. Karis is uh, sort of looking at you and... They're saying, well, <coughs> I didn't think I'd be seeing you again, Zonin. Can Karis hear, or, or can Keva hear Karis? You can hear, yes. Hey, Karis, do I get to, like, give myself my own rebel title? You're, you're not one of us. The girl who broke Gov's heart. <sighs> you can call yourself what you want, Zonin. Y- yes. That was very stupid. And very effective. Did you see that? Yes, obviously. Yeah, let's get you somewhere safe. The only safe place is that ship or the tunnels. Listen, if you get on the ship, I'll go to the tunnels. Either way, you'll have to carry me. Or Keva will. Okay. Um, Belcamp, Anarchy, how are you? Are, are you okay? They are 
disappearing into the middle of the geode area. Okay. I'll, I'll take Karis to the ship because uh, Karis needs to go to hub ASAP. Okay. You're able to get Karis onto the ship and uh, sort of strapped onto one of the seats. And Karis is still losing a lot of blood and looks like a lot of... It's difficult to say which of Karis's injuries come from direct attacks from other people and which of them come from the strain they've placed on their body to try to use their strange powers. But either way, uh, Karis sort of puts a hand on your arm and says, Before you go, Zonin? Yes? I don't know how long it will be until I can use this again. As stupid as you are, you do have the means. And Karis is sort of struggling to get their own gauntlet off, their own auditor's gauntlet that they have on their right hand. Awesome. And they sort of press it into your chest and say, It's better than nothing. The bow thank you. has a power so- Don't thank me. It's I don't want to do this. The bow has a power source in it. You can use it to store more energy. Now, go. Um, before I leave, I want to try and craft a compress or something to like help stop the bleeding. Okay. That is going to be... Let's see. Crafts. Can uh, Keva help since she spent some time around, you know, obviously Maeve and the and Lean's shop? Uh, where on the ship did you bring Karis? Into the sort of big middle area, or did you bring them all the way up to the uh, cockpit bridge area? All the way to the cockpit so that they would be able to be cared for. Okay. Then yes, you can help, Keva. Okay. Yeah, that's a skill. Crafts is a skill I have, so... Okay, so Zonin, you can have your plus one there. I rolled without adding the plus one and got a zero, but I'm going to invoke my final fate point. Um, uh, pull out the uh, the headband with reflector on it, like the old doctor style. Right. Um, and use invoke a hat for any occasion and, and re-roll that crafts. Okay. I forgot, just put a one in there, not a, not a plus one. Yes, yes, yes. I will never live this down. Okay. Uh, with your five in crafts, you are able to get a tourniquet uh, that is... You have to make more than one because like one of their arms isn't working and is bleeding heavily and one of the legs is bleeding heavily. Uh, you're, you have to use some of the cloth as well to sort of bind up and make makeshift bandages. Like Karis is in very bad shape and needs proper medical attention very soon or they are going to die. But you're staving off death for a little while at least. And uh, Keva, you're sort of helping out by helping cinch these into place. You're you're certainly, I believe, stronger than Zonin, so uh, your help is needed for some of those twisty turns on the tourniquets. Okay. Karis, Mandakai got away, and she went with Zonin and Maeve. Um... I know. I don't know where she is or if she's survived. But if she has, then the Revel will live on. And the kids, they, they're they safe, too. Good. Do you, in, in case, like, you're passed out when we when we get back to uh, them, is there something you want me to tell Mandakai for you? She already knows everything, I would say. Ooh! Oh, sorry. I wouldn't, <laughs> Ke- <laughs> wouldn't do that. <laughs> just, Kevin just kind of nods and... Are you going to stay on the ship, or are you going with Zonin... To check on the tunnel. I think Keva would kind of be afraid to leave the ship at this point, but 
Okay. Where did... He, sorry, go ahead, Keva. She wouldn't also... She would not want to leave Karis alone either. All right. Zonin. Yes. Let's get you into those tunnels. All right. Where did Karis say there was a power supply? Inside his bow, which is lying on the ground outside. Okay. Oh, um, before... Before Zonin leaves, Keva shouts to him, Go make sure the dogs are okay! You got it. Uh, make my way to the bow on my way to the cave, the tunnel. Okay. So, um, I, I guess I look in there for this power supply? Uh, yeah, the bow is probably something to deal with later. You can probably just uh, sling it over your back for now. Oh, okay. So then I'll make my way into the tunnel to catch up with Belkap and Anarchy. Okay. Uh, you go into the bottom of the geode, where there used to be that spring. Uh, you may recall, when you first saw the spring, it looked as if the water were bubbling up from somewhere. And now the water is gone. It's just slightly damp. And there's stairs spiraling down at the bottom here. Uh, and that's where Belcamp and Anarchy have headed. And uh, as you follow them down, it goes down quite a ways. And Belcamp is just sort of whistles and is like, Man, I had no idea these were here. And he's like, yeah, me neither. If it weren't for Ted Lee, I don't think anyone would have known. And you get down to the bottom of the stairs, and there's Ted Lee, and Yartha Lang, and Algar, and they are loading people onto a series of long, thin, what look like boats, but they don't seem to have any way of steering. They're just long, thin boats with empty space that they're cramming people into. And uh, Algar is not saying anything, obviously, but she is sort of uh, helping to coordinate. Yartha Lang and Ted Lee are coordinating uh, and sort of shouting at people. There's a lot of noise that you couldn't hear from the surface down here. But uh, mm. you see several of the boats have sort of drifted off down this underground river uh, and are sort of heading down a narrow tunnel that has uh, water moving in, off in a direction that you, you think is probably south at this point, though you've been turned around a lot on the windy stairs. You're pretty sure it's south that these boats are moving off down. What was the direction, sorry, that um, that we came from? You came from the west. Okay, and the army is coming from the east. North. Yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's what you see. Okay. Um, Thed Lee looks like they're in charge here? Uh, apparently. Okay. Thed Lee, what, like, well, what, do you, what do we need? What are we doing? Uh, we're like... Evacuating? <laughs> um, okay, great. Where do these uh, boats lead? Well, uh, I can't really tell you. Well, why not? It's like a secret. I just took out an auditor for you. You can tell me where these boats are going. You can trust me. You took out an auditor? Yeah, ask Anarchy and Belcamp. It was awesome. He looks over at them and they sort of nod. He's like, whoa. And meanwhile, Belcamp has seen Algar and Algar has seen... Belcamp and uh, Belcamp starts to run towards her, but then remembers his leg is broken, so he just sort of waits as she runs over and they embrace, and uh, they're both sort of crying, and Belcamp is saying sort of soft, quiet, calming things to Algar, who is sort of running her hands repeatedly over his face and hair, and sort of clutching him to her again and again. Oh, my other favorite couple. Mm, that's sweet. Anarchy's just sort of smirking, and she goes over to talk to Yartha and help uh, load people onto the boats. And Thedley's like, "Well, uh, it's it's like great that you did that, but like uh, like you're not really part of the revel, and like 
nobody knew about these tunnels except me anyway. Well, Mandukai, I guess Karis, because I had to get their help to start it. But anyway, like, I don't think my boss would be super thrilled if I was just telling you about, like, you know, everything. I get that, but your boss is currently being cared for by my companions, and I'm, uh, I have Keva up in the ship who's looking after Karis right now. Like, we, whether or not you think it's official, like, we are in this together. Oh, uh, no, like, like, I mean, my boss, not, not that, like, my boss. I, I don't understand. Uh, you know what? I probably shouldn't have said that anyway, so, like, uh, like, you've got a ship, you should probably, like, take that ship, unless you want to get on one of these boats. Well, I mean, I'll take that ship, but wouldn't you like Karis and Mandukai to, to meet up with you, eventually? I'm sure they will, like, they know where we'll be. Alright, well, is there any way I can help right now? Oh, sure, yeah, like, there's, like, a couple hundred people who still need to, like, I guess we're down to, like, a little under a hundred now, it's been pretty efficient. But, like, a couple of more people, like, we could still gotta load some of these boats, and, like, Need people to carry stuff, you know. All right, just to fit in with uh, Ted Lee, I'm going to wear my 1990s uh, style visor um, that I pull out of my bag. Um, very, like, surfer dude-esque. He thinks it's very nice. All right. You got a little notification, you know, at the bottom of the screen saying, Ted Lee approves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then uh, I, I start helping um, people get on these boats. Okay. As his creator, I definitely approve, so therefore he should approve. <laughs> uh, so you see, uh, indeed, on one of the boats that's floating away down this underground river are the two dogs, uh, Belly and Kel, along with one of the goats that was left behind. Yes! Dogs. Oh, yeah, there they are. They're awesome. Uh, I'm not there, but would, would it occur to Zonin that he could maybe find a medical person to check on Karis and make sure that they don't bleed out anymore. Yeah, that would be something I'm sure I would think of. I'll ask Deadly, like, as we're doing this, like, is anyone here a skilled medic? Karis is in ba uh, bad condition, and I, I just did some patchwork to help, but I don't know how long it'll last. Okay, like, uh, I guess so. And Deadly sort of uh, gestures over to, to Yartha, and you're just like, yeah, what do you want now? He's like, Karis. uh, Karis, uh, this guy says, like, Karis is, like, in bad shape, so, like, uh, could somebody go help? And yeah, he's like, yeah, all right, fine. And she just grabs somebody from one of the crowds, uh, seemingly without looking, and just sort of shoves them towards Zona's, like, go, go do your thing. All right, I'll, uh, introduce myself to that person. Hi there, I'm, uh, Zona Chan. Oh, hi there. I'm, uh, Constance. And then they sort of, like, pause... I'm like, uh, okay, yeah. All right. I'm Constance Chan, whose stitches save the lives of gods. Uh, should we, Karis, you said? Yeah, I know. Karis is up in the ship. I, I feel like you're very aptly named for this. Uh, please follow me. Okay, well, let's just, just let me grab, and she grabs sort of a, a satchel as she's on her way by. My stuff. Let's go then. Okay. Yeah, you can, like, just as a reminder, you've got a lot of social skills that you could use, like, if you had wanted to, you could probably have tried to trick Deadly or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I, I definitely thought about it, but I, I think Karis's uh, safety is a little more paramount. Probably, probably higher on your, just reminding you that you have that ability. That's true. 
All right, uh, so you head back up to the ship with uh, Constance Chan. Okay. Um, no relation? No. Okay. Well, I don't know, maybe. Do you recognize her? Um, nope. Okay. <laughs> there are a lot of Chans in the world. Yeah, never seen this woman before in my life. Oh, relation. Okay, uh, so you mount up in the ship. Constance is there with you. Keva Karras is... Uh, has passed out at this point. Oh boy. Kev is like hovering over Karis, so like kind of yeah. low-key freaking out. Yeah, to know, are the dogs and everyone else okay? Yeah, the dogs and even a goat. Yeah, everyone's okay. Um, they're, they're being taken care of through some secret means. Taken care of? Yeah, they're, they're on their way out of here. I'll find out more later. I just, we gotta get Karis uh, looked at here. This is Constance. Yeah. Hi. Hi. You're Keva, right? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to get to work. Uh, you do what you need to do. Keva just kind of looks around, kind of like, uh... There's an army coming, in case you forgot. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I, I, I saw that. I just don't have anything to do while you're doing this. Or... Well, I got to do this. And she opens up her satchel and, uh... She seems to have given Kara sort of a once-over. Uh, out of her satchel, she pulls a knife, uh, which she sort of stabs at Karis. And for a hot second, it looks like she might be trying to, like, kill him. But actually, she's just slashing off his robes. Okay, uh, I turn to Keva and say, Keva, um, are you able to leave on a moment's notice? You mean, like, with the ship? Yes. Well, let me check. Uh, I guess, do I roll rapport for that? <laughs> Uh, you're still hooked. You didn't disconnect from the ship, so yes, you can no. leave anytime you want. Oh, okay, yeah, we can leave anytime I want. Does okay. It... I'll be back soon. If I'm not back in, uh, I don't know. Well, can can you see the army actually coming? Uh, for uh, that ooh. you'll need. <laughs> uh, Keva, you you can sort of see a line on the horizon, but without using your skills, you wouldn't be able to see more than that. There's a line approaching. Yeah, I can I can see them approaching. Okay. Um don't hesitate to leave if they get too close. Um but I'll be back as soon as I can. No, I, we're not leaving without you. I I do not intend on on being left without. I just I I don't want you to be putting anyone in jeopardy. I will be safe. If I'm not back, I will be safe. Look, I I I, I no, there's no time. Just just be ready to go. And I run out of the ship. Okay, where are you going? I'm going back down into the tunnels. Okay. Uh, I go to Thedley and I say, hey, man. Oh, hey. Karis is being looked after and he told me everything. They told you everything? Everything. Oh, wow. You're probably going to have to roll your deceive on that. Yup. Do I even have? Yeah, there it is. That's a pretty good deceive roll you got there. That's what we would call <laughs> I would a, say so. a fantastic deceive roll. That was a six for those of you listening at home. Okay. Uh, so Ted Lee does have a, a good empathy skill, but is not able to pierce your lies with his senses and says, Oh, okay, then. Uh, so are you going to get on the boat or do you want to go down to Exile's End? I gotta make sure that my friends are okay and that Mandukai is all right. And we're 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 gonna go back to where we know they are. Um, can you just tell me exactly how to get there so I can relay that to Kava so we can 
we can get there. Ooh, uh, I mean, it's one thing to know that's where we're going, but like, that's like, that's like top, top secret. Buddy, Dudley, we've been through a lot, haven't we? Don't you think it's time you finally let me in and trust me? I'm going to roll for rapport. Okay. And you succeeded with style on your deceive, so you probably have a boost on him that he's impressed. Oh, if he was impressed before, he's impressed now. I roll a six for rapport. You got another fantastic roll. Uh, and so Thedley's like, okay, man, uh, but like, if this gets out, if the church finds out, I don't need to tell you. Exile's End is where it all happens, man. Like, where it all happens. Yes, I understand what you mean by that, but I would love to hear you articulate exactly what that means out loud. Well, I mean, like, it's the headquarters, the headquarters headquarters, and, like, it's not just the XCOM, it's the other people, too. Yeah, you're right. That's a great way to put it, and I appreciate you saying that out loud. Uh, You start hearing some, you start seeing that there's, like, stuff rattling, as if there were explosions going off upstairs but not immediately upstairs like far away but explosions of such force that you can feel them even here you can see stones sort of rattling down we're going to flash over back to the surface for just a second because keva you see five mushroom clouds sprouting from five different locations yeah those are not friendly mushrooms new as we know when a splinter hits the ground The results are catastrophic, even when it was just one at a time, and now, five. So back underground, uh, Thedley sort of unfolds uh, a a map from somewhere he was keeping it on his belt, and he hands it to you, and it's a fairly simple map, but it's got a number of different symbols on it, and it looks like there's some, uh, like, a little bit of crypto going on there, a little bit of decoding that you might have to do. And Thedley hands it to you and says, Okay, you remember the passcode? And he writes it down on the back. And you also gotta remember, you need the decoding, but Karis has got that, so it should be okay. I don't have an extra on me, and I need it to get in. Okay, sounds good. I'll, I'll go with Karis then. Alright, uh, can you do me a favor though? Hey, you're my best friend in the whole world, of course. That's that's real nice. So, on on your way up, you're gonna see uh, like a rope. If you can just take that rope, the end of it up to the top, and then just like pull, but like brace yourself. Yeah, I can do that. Thanks, man. You're a real pal. All right. Is is there, like everyone getting on the boats now? It's just wrapping up. Yeah, it's the last couple of boats are getting ready. Algar uh, is sort of helping Bell Camp onto a boat. Yartha's laughing about something with anarchy. And Thedley sort of looks around okay. and says, uh, well, that's my ride. All right. I, uh, I nod my head to him and I run up the stairs. And halfway up, I turn around and point with one of my auditor gauntlets and say, hey, Thedley. Yeah? You're great. And I run up the stairs. He laughs. Uh, so you grab the rope and you see that it leads into some type of contraption in the wall. And as you bring it up, the sort of rope unspools from that contraption. And you get to the top and what do you do? I keep running and I keep holding on to the rope. I give it a yank as I run out the top. Okay. There is an explosion behind you. 
as the I don't look at it. I should hope not, because you're going to have to keep running. Uh, as you can tell from that explosion, that first the stairwell has collapsed, but it seems like this whole geode might collapse too. No, not the gems. All right, I um, I, I run away as slowly as I can, um, to <laughs> stay safe, but maximize the coolness. It's very cool as you leap and do a combat roll. Uh, just as the geode entrance collapses behind you, and you escape up the top of the stairs with smoke billowing out around you. Can Keva see that with the ship? <laughs> yes, you can. Awesome, because it wouldn't be cool if someone else didn't see it. Yeah, you can see on the horizon in the in the five different directions. There's a glow now, as if of large fires. So the sun has turned off, but you can still see a little bit from the glow of these raging fires wherever they are. Yeah, Keva's like suddenly realizing, oh, this is what it's like for Emren. <laughs> uh, I run back onto the ship and tell Keva to punch it, though I don't uh, understand what that's a reference to. Uh, but Keva <laughs> like claps first when he gets on, like, that was really cool. Right? I'm two for two today. Yep. Also, I made a friend. I'm not surprised. Um, well, I guess you two are coming with us. Sorry, I think. Yeah, I mean, but... I figured, but Karis needs aid, so let's get going. This seems the safest place as any, especially with that out there, she says, sort yeah. of gesturing with her head while still working with her hands. She's doing some stitching now. Well, you guys will get to be with Mandakai, probably, so that's cool. I mean, you guys really like her. And um, after she says that, Keva kind of is like, oh, and maybe get near the restraints or something? Because sometimes this is a little bit bumpy, and she kind of starts the ship, like, get it to go. The ship uh, responding to your controls, responding to your thoughts, really, lifts up into the sky. And where do you want to go? Oh, wait, quick question. Does the barrier, uh, like force field, manifest in a physical way? What do you mean? Like you were saying how like the energy goes out or whatever and almost like a hand does this thing. But does it like, is it a, something visible to the naked eye? Yeah, you can see it. All right, you don't have to do this, Kevin, but can you flip off the army? Um, I guess I could try. Just be, like, I'm really into cool exits right now. <laughs> Well, yeah, sure. I, I, I guess. Um, and and Keva's never really done this before, <laughs> not with her own hands, and definitely not with the, a ship force field hand. Does she have to roll? Do I have to roll for that? <laughs> no, the ship uh, responds to your desires and makes a rude hand gesture with the glittering force field in the direction of the approaching army. I, I did it. Yep. Thank you. And then we, we're zooming, and, and Keva immediately remembers, oh, wait, we don't know how to find the hub. You don't. Okay, just... have we not figured out in-game that the hub is the sun? Uh, or is that just, like, my own fan speculation? That's probably your own fan speculation. Yeah. All right, but, like, out of character here. I'm totally right, though, right? I am not going to say anything because there is still so much to learn about this world. 
As oh, you man, notice, that's my oh, okay. When the suddenly there is a ping, Keva, on your control system. Ooh, what does this ping mean? You D- does it? Is it like with the with Pong? Like it hits my paddle? <laughs> no, it's just like something appears on your control map, and it is the symbol for hub. Do I have to click on it or just say, yeah. oh, let's, well, Keva is like, yes, let us go there. I want to go to there. The uh, ship seems happy to go along with you because the ship needs to return to hub anyway. And you turn in that direction. You are now heading east as you fly towards that beacon. Ooh, zone in the, the ship got a ping, not a Pong, a ping. I, I'm assuming that's a good thing, and I am pleased. Yeah, yeah, it's, it told us where Hub is. We're going towards that direction. Perfect. Let's catch up with Emron and Maeve. I can't wait to tell them how cool it was. I took out an auditor. And I broke the sun. Yeah, okay, it's not about one-upping one another, Keva. But, I mean, yes, that was also awesome. I mean... After I've had so many problems with this ship, I'm I'm just really, really happy. I mean, people are going to have to start working at night. People are going to have to start figuring out how to grow food without a sun. There's no problem unsolvable. I'm sure we can figure out a way to kickstart the sun again. All right. As your ship flies off in the direction of the hub, over the quiet, dark desert, these thoughts roll around in your mind about what it means now that the sun is dark. And when we return next session, hopefully we'll have a reunion. Hey, you'll be very tearful, I'm sure. Indeed. So until then, all the best. Yay, we did it. Back in the mall, Captain Ashra Singh looked down the elevator shaft. She saw her scouts at the bottom and called out, You see anything down there? I called back up, No, they... they disappeared. They just... they disappeared. Captain Singh frowned, looking down at her feet, where they had crushed yet another one of the bugs. There was a stain on the ground. Crouching down, she ran her fingers over it. It was dry. What had those insects been doing? Sighing in frustration, she stood and turned, then stepped back in sudden shock. What? (gasps) You! The man standing behind her pushed back his hood and smiled, putting a hand on her shoulder. He didn't say anything, but instead walked towards the shaft, peering down. Behind him, a massive ram came down through the bore. Clip-clop. Clip-clop. The hooded man grabbed the elevator cable and leapt down the shaft, reaching the bottom in moments. He rolled, 
coming to a knee just beside the remains of the bloody puddle. Oh so gently, he touched his fingers to the tacky stain, held it to his lips, held it to his nose. A minute later, the huge ram sat down beside him, and he held his finger to its nose as well. It snorted, shaking its head. He nodded, took a pouch from his belt, and scraped the tacky remains into it. The seeker tucked the pouch back into his belt and turned to leave.